decided to start it early because we should go into the holiday season expecting God to show up. We shouldn't wait until 2019, Caleb, for God to show up, right? Right. So today I'm talking about gratitude. And now before you roll your eyes and think, okay, naturally she's talking about gratitude. It's Thanksgiving on Thursday. And we could go through the list of things that we have to be grateful for, because there's a lot. We're going to talk from a different perspective. From a perspective of this question, what would happen if every day we woke up and chose gratitude? Would our life change? Would the lives around us change if every day we chose to be grateful? That question has been ringing in my head over the past week. And it's kind of rocked me. It's a simple question. It's kind of rocked me to my core because there's been time after time this week opportunities for me to complain about something. And every time I go to say something, like to complain or to say something that I'm disgruntled about or the fact that I was up three, four times last night because Genevieve decided to just scream out in the middle of the night for no reason, I would be caught by that question. What would happen? What lives would be changed? And if instead of focusing on the things that I don't have, I focus on the things that I do, and I automatically started my day with an attitude of gratitude. Right, Caleb? Today I want to take us to Acts, Acts chapter 16. Now before I read the two verses that we're going to focus on, I want to give a little bit of background. Paul and Silas, they're walking through a town, and they meet a girl. And this girl has the, is, is possessed by the demon allowing her to tell fortunes, allowing to tell of the future. And, and she's following Paul and Silas and annoyingly being like, hey, they know the truth. Like, they know God. And Paul, out of somewhat of annoyance and someone's not wanting Jesus' name to be connected to a demon, turned around and said, leave her and cast the demon out of her. And in that moment, her owners saw that she could no longer make money for them. She no longer brought them fortune. So naturally, what do they do? When you, when you have this thing that's help making you money and you lose that, they got angry. So they drag Paul and Silas, and they beat them with rods. They, they drag them in front of the magistrate, which were like the judges. They strip them of their clothing, and they beat them with rods. They've done nothing wrong. But they lost this family money. And then they get thrown into the innermost prison, and their feet are put in stocks. And what they could have done is sit there going and saying, like, dang it, like, my body's sore, my feet are confined, I'm laying here on the ground in the, this dirt and dust and grime, and I'm laying here and my body is covered also by another stock, and I'm confined and I have nothing to be grateful for. But instead, it says in verse 25, it says, at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. 
So in moments where they could have chosen not to be grateful for anything, they automatically stop what they're doing and they pray and they sing praises. They sing hymns. And so those hymns were typically uh, psalms that David had written. So they weren't like what we, would what we might think of as hymns. They were these, these praises just continuously going. And it wasn't just to themselves. They weren't just keeping it inside, but they were singing it loud enough for the rest of the prison to hear them. So I go back to that question. What would change? How would, how would not just our life be affected, but the lives around us, if we sang those praises? That in moments where gratitude might not be something that we're filled with, we chose it. Because gratitude's not a feeling. Gratitude's a choice. And in, our, in today's world, we, we bank so much on feelings. Oh, I don't feel the presence of God, so he must not be here. Oh, I don't feel happy, so I'm just going to have a crappy day. I don't have anything to be thankful for. I don't feel thankful, so I'm going to wait till November, and I'm going to spend those 30 days saying all the things I'm thankful for. What would happen? What would change? How would our lives change? How would the lives around us change if we chose gratitude? If like Paul and Silas, as they're laying on the ground after being beaten and stripped of their clothing... We sang hymns. We opened up to the psalms, and we preached, and we prayed those psalms. I'm pretty sure the earth would shake. And I'm pretty sure bonds would be loosened. Maybe both literally and physically. Literally and figuratively. Those bonds. Like we belittle how much our praise can do. But praise is so powerful. When we recognize everything that we have and we choose that gratitude God just moves in like a wave as we walked in today I was I woke up this morning and I I was praying and I was like God like I pray that you heat the building that you that you show up so much that people don't even notice that their hands are cold that their feet are cold that their head is cold but that you show up to where they notice you and they're grateful for you and not for the fact that we don't have heat. Because the reality is, yeah, we don't have heat right now, but we have a building. The reality is we have got comfy chairs to sit on. We're not worried about the police storming through our doors and, sh and arresting all of us and asking us to pledge loyalty to whatever religion is in that town, in that country. We have a lot of gratitude. So I woke up this morning and I wasn't feeling super good. Wasn't feeling super excited to preach, total honesty. I've been kind of in a funk all week. And uh, so I woke up super early uh, and I sat and I just started reading the Bible. Not even prepping for my sermon, not anything, just reading. And as I was reading, I, I realized that if I was going to stand up here and preach on gratitude, I first had to be grateful. I couldn't stand up here in front of you guys and not be filled with gratitude myself. So this verse in 2 Thessalonians, it, it kind of it jumped out at me. And it, it's in 2 Thessalonians 5 and it, 16. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
And as I was reading that this morning, I was like, it doesn't say, if you feel like it, rejoice. And if it fits into your schedule, pray. And if you have a reason to be thankful, be thankful. No, it's a command to be thankful in all circumstances. So even in the darkest of days and even in the lowest of times, there is something to be thankful and you have something to choose gratitude for. Even if, like what Angel said, it is the fact that you woke up this morning. Again, gratitude is a choice. And what would happen if we chose gratitude every day? What bonds would be loosened? The, the prison cell that they were in, so it was the innermost prison, and that was like a, it was like a dark cavern almost. There was no wall, there was no light. It wasn't, it wasn't plush. They didn't have a bed to lay on. Um, it was dirty. It was gross. And then these stalks, I was, I was looking at pictures of them, and I didn't put any up, but they're pretty intense. Like, their feet are completely bound by these, this wood, and, and they're laying on their, their back after just having been beaten with rods, and they have a, a, a piece of wood over them to keep them from, like, moving. So they're, they're literally confined. They cannot go anywhere, and they shouldn't be able to go anywhere, Right? And, they, and through their praise, through the hymns that they spoke, this earth shook. And, it, and I was reading about it. It said that it wasn't obviously a natural earthquake because if it had been a natural disaster, then the prison that they were in should have collapsed. But this earthquake shook the foundation. Like it was strong enough to shake. I've never personally been through an earthquake, but I've heard they're pretty powerful. So I'm, I'm, I can't imagine what it would have been like for Paul and Silas, but then again for the other prisoners because Paul and Silas knew Like, they knew why this was happening. They knew because they knew that they served a good God. But the other prisoners are just listening to their prayers. They're listening to to them singing these hymns. And all of a sudden, the earth shakes. And and not just the doors to Paul and Silas's prison cell was opened, but all of the doors. And not just the, the chains of Paul and Silas were loosened, but all of the chains. Again, it's not our praise isn't just for us. It's not something to be kept inside. It's something to be shared. It's something to be given. Praise is not something to be held onto because what would happen if we shared those things? What would happen if we shared the things we're grateful for? What would change? What would move? Would the earth shake? Would chains break? See, when you know God, like really know his character, you can't help but choose gratitude. When you, when you know God, you can't help but be grateful for everything that you have. There's this, this quote that I read in a, a passage from a book that Matt sent me, and it, it's kind of sat with me all week, and it's every breath we draw is a gift of his love. Every moment of his existence is a, is a grace, for it brings with it immense graces from him. Gratitude, therefore, takes nothing for granted, is never unresponsive, is constantly awaking to new wonder and to praise of the goodness of God. For the grateful man knows that God is good, but not by hearsay, but by experience. So today we sang the song like, 
you are good. And then, and then a few minutes later, we're saying, you, you never let us go. Probably getting those lyrics wrong, I'm sorry. And you're good. And if we sing that and we really believe it, then that's gratitude. So when we know the character of God, we sit in gratitude. When we know God's goodness, we praise him no matter what. Paul and Silas had no idea what was coming for them. They didn't know if they were going to wake up the next morning and be killed. They didn't know if the next morning they were going to be wake up, they were going to wake up and be beaten further. They had no idea what was coming. And yet they chose gratitude. Gratitude is what we choose in the unknown. Gratitude is what we choose when we don't know what's going to come next. Gratitude is giving out of what we have, not knowing when we're going to pay our next bill. This season is not just something to be held onto for 30 days. Gratitude isn't something just to be had. And once November 30th rolls around and December 1st comes, we're like, peace out. I was, gra- I was grateful for 30 days. Woohoo! Like, no. Gratitude is something to be kept. And what would happen if we went into 2019 filled with that gratitude? What would 2019 look like? Would it, would it change? Would it, would we be able to change lives? For me, I think of what 2019 would look like being filled with gratitude. And it kind of overwhelms me. Because I've had my moments this year where I've just been overwhelmed with gratitude. I have a beautiful daughter. I have a wonderful husband. I've got great students that I get to lead and they're all awake during my sermon. I have a lot to be grateful for. But then I look and I think that I've probably spent most of 2018 complaining about the things that haven't gone the way I wanted them to go. I probably spent more time in 2018 complaining about how I feel about how certain people in my life are living their life. I've spent more time focused on what I would fix if I could. And yet, nothing's changed. So when I think of 2019, and I think if I chose gratitude every day, even when I don't know the outcome, the lives who I've been trying to impact this whole year, those lives might actually be changed. Not because of anything I've done, or not because of anything I've said, but because I've said, I know that God is good. I know that he loves me, so I'm gonna choose gratitude. Because that's who I put my choice into. I put my gratitude in God, not in this world, not in my feelings, not in how one thing or another makes me feel. I've spent way too much of 2018 in my feelings. Partly pregnancy, just to be honest, but mostly myself. And this wrecked me. This whole idea that Paul and Silas had no idea what was coming. And yet they chose praise. 
and yet they chose gratitude. They chose to follow the command to give thanks in all circumstances. So as we go into Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, and I don't know about you guys, but sometimes we sit around our table and we talk about all the things we're thankful for, and it's really great. And then, you know, the what's, what's that, the day after Thanksgiving this year? Well, I know that, but the, the date. Thank you. The 23rd rolls around. <laughs> The 23rd rolls around, and we're like, okay, so here's what I want for Christmas, and uh, Black Friday shopping, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's not, but it's so interesting to me how quickly we throw aside gratitude, and how quickly, after one day of holding on to it, we throw it aside, and we never pick it back up until November of next year. I'm going to choose to pick up gratitude every day for 2019. And from this day forward, I'm not going to wait for 2019 to pick up gratitude. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to pick up gratitude. And I say that in front of all of y'all because if I walk into this building and I'm not grateful, y'all get to call me out. Because I got a lot to be grateful for. Not just physical things, not just things I have on this earth, but I have a God who loves me. I have a God who's gotten in the trenches with me in my mess. I have a God who has pulled me up, but also walked alongside me, has surrounded me with people who love me and hold me and encourage me, hold me accountable. I have a God who loved me enough to send his son so that I could live forever with him. I have so much to be grateful for. I get to serve alongside two wonderful pastors, and I get to serve alongside a wonderful congregation. I am a woman, and I get to stand up here, and I get to preach. And you all trust me with your teenagers. I'm grateful. My prayer this morning was that we would all choose gratitude every day. That every morning when we wake up, we choose to put on our layer of gratitude. You know, you could even like pretend, like you put your sweatpants on. It's, it's winter, so like put on your long johns of gratitude. And then put on your actual clothes. I think that we wouldn't just transform this corner, but we would transform Louisville if we picked up gratitude. If when we walked into work, where we might not want to be there, we walked in with a smile on our face and we were happy and we were grateful, how many heads would turn and be like, oh, what's, what's up with her today? Like, I want, I want some of what she has. And then they ask you like, hey, What's been going on? And you're like, I'm just glad to be alive. I'm just glad to be here. And then walked away. Gratitude changes lives. Gratitude has 
the jail cells burst open and the bonds loosened. Gratitude has so much for us, and yet we hold it in and we don't do anything with it. My challenge to you is that this year you pick up gratitude. That in those moments where you want to say, hey, this isn't going super well, or you want to complain, that question goes through your mind first of, what would change if I was just grateful for what I had? If I was just grateful for where I was? If I was grateful for the God that I know and love? What would change? My life would change. Our lives would change. The corner of this this part of Louisville would change, and then it would go further. Today we're going to take communion. And we often talk about remembering the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, his, his blood and his body, and that's, that is so important. And I don't know about you, but when I get the juice and I get the bread, I often just say, Thank you for the blood that was shed, and I take the juice in. And thank you for the body that was broken, and I eat the bread. And I just kind of do it out of repetition. But today we talked about gratitude. So, like, when we actually hold that juice, like, be grateful. Like, actually, like, thank him. And maybe in that moment, you thank him for the clothes on your back. And when you take that bread, you, you, you thank him for the family that you have. Whether it's biological family or this family. How would this sacrament change if we did it? from a place of continual praise. And what would happen if we did it together? Eh, I'm gonna do that, we're gonna do that. Everyone come forward, I want you to grab the juice and we're gonna grab the bread. And what we're gonna do is, if you have something that you wanna say you're grateful for today, we're gonna sing those praises together. Oh, we're gonna sing that gratitude. I'm, I'm calling the shots, I'm up here. So I'm not kidding, like stand up and come get some juice in the bread. Hey, Jamel, don't fondle it. Can you hand me one? Oh gosh, too many people. Thank you.
your testimony? Is that somebody's testimony? So good. Oh, you've been. You've been. So good. So good. I should have lost my mind, but. So good. So good. You've been. Take a moment. I know we got to go. I know we can find a lot of things to complain about. But if you could just think about the times. When God was good to you, even when you wasn't good to him. If you could just think about the times. As reckless as you was, and he kept you anyway. If you could just think about the times.
What are we grateful for? I want you to say with me this time, what are you grateful for? What do we have to be gratitude? I'm grateful for gluten-free communion. You've been better than good to me. You've been better than good to me. You've been better than good to me. first. 